0: From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at TNTradio.live. The
1: Freeman Report
0: on today's News Talk Radio,
1: TNT. Hello and welcome once again to The Freeman Report. My name is James Freeman. I'm a former member of the European Parliament and this is my weekday show where I break down the big issues of our time right here on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. It is Wednesday, the 22nd of November, 2023. How are you all today? Hello to Lisa, Madrid, um, Spyro Gyro, Maisie, Mark Parkinson, Anto, Malibites, Vanessa, and the rest of the gang in the live chat. And if you want to join us, get yourself over to tntradio.live and click on the chat icon, and then you'll be able to join in the conversation as the show goes on. I'm doing all right today so far. I was up before dawn this morning and given I don't know anybody called dawn, I'm obviously referring to the fact that I was up um, uh, ungodly. I don't know how else to describe it. An ungodly hour this morning where I fire, ferry my wife to the station um, while it's still dark before coming back, doing the school run, and then trying to prepare in the small amount of time I've got left um, for the show today. Um, It was pitch black and slightly misty this morning, not too cold, but cold enough that I didn't want to get out of bed. Now, there are a few things in the morning that make this bearable. One is a nice cup of builder's strength tea, and the other is a cheeky bit of TNT radio in the car. And at that time of the morning, it is The Breakfast Show with Lembit Opic. And I must say that I was surprised to see so many of the usual crew that are in the live chat um, on there this morning at that ungodly hour. Um, Maisie, Madrid and Holly, um, I saw all of you on there this morning. It's great to see you engaging throughout the day. Anyway... Um, I had to pull the car over, much to my wife's annoyance, um, to the side of the road to get my comment into the chat um, when um, uh, Limbet and um, Gemma were discussing the COVID inquiry. As nobody was highlighting the fact that we still don't have an official cost-benefit analysis for lockdowns from government. Now, this is something that should have happened at the time to justify the continued use of the policy. Um, Many of us highlighted that at the time, but were just ignored. But the fact that the government still hasn't produced any kind of analysis of the costs is criminal. It shouldn't be left to the newspapers to run the odd story about the costs. This was an extreme policy that had never been proposed in any pandemic plans before. So it is vital that the costs are officially laid out and understood. It was the kind of policy normally reserved for wartime and yet we still do not have a report from government acknowledging any of the damage that was inflicted on all of us. It's clear to me anyway that the COVID inquiry isn't going to produce this analysis and so we will get nothing official on the social costs, the economic costs and the health costs. It's a bit weird isn't it really? the most destructive government policy used against the people in modern times and the government won't even publish anything on the impact that it's had on society and the economy now I think most people at least understand to some degree how damaging it was even if the government won't acknowledge it so I hope like me millions will take to the streets to stick two fingers up at the government if it ever tries anything like that again the damage that that period has caused will be with us for at least a generation and maybe longer and shame on every single politician who didn't and who isn't acknowledging what took place Anyway, if you haven't given The Breakfast Show a listen, give it a go tomorrow as Lembit has some great guests on the show. And it is refreshing to listen to a breakfast show that challenges the official narrative rather than just navigating within it like most other breakfast shows do. And talking of great guests, um, I heard back from Kelly Jane Keane's team last night, and I'm delighted to announce that she is confirmed for this Friday. Um, Kelly Jay is also known as the Posey Parker. And if you don't know who she is, listen up. Um, Kelly Jane Keene is at the forefront of the global fight to protect women's rights from trans activists. She's fierce. She's brash. And so she's just the ticket for the job. Um, she very much owns the abuse she receives from the trans activist community. I was listening to a live podcast. <coughs> Excuse me. I was listening to a live podcast from her last night which she has named turf talk which i think is brilliant um turf being um, a term of abuse used by trans activists meaning trans exclusionary radical feminist i think it's brilliant because if you can own the names that your enemies throw at you well if you can do that then what have they got left in their arsenal anyway Make sure you set a reminder for Friday at 11am UK time, as I'm sure Kelly J won't disappoint. And don't forget, I'll be welcoming back Doc Malik to the Freeman Report tomorrow. So lots of great guests to look forward to this week. But let's not wish this week um, or today um, and this week away too swiftly, um, as I've got a great show for you today, as June and I will be talking about propaganda in the context of covid and it is really interesting because a lot of the techniques used by our governments over the past three years resemble the same techniques used by the nazis to get the german population to hate on its jewish community i find it astonishing how the government and media got so many people to hate on those who refused to get an experimental new treatment for a disease that wasn't a threat to the vast majority how did they do that what techniques did they use and why were so many people susceptible to those techniques given how quickly things escalated I remember listening to mainstream TV and radio in absolute horror as celebrities politicians musicians um political commentators competed with each other to demand the most abhorrent things for example that unvaccinated people should be refused healthcare, or that they should be locked in their homes while vaccinated people should be allowed to go about their lives or that unvaccinated, peop- unvaccinated people should be punished in various ways. All totally ridiculous now, of course, when viewed through the prism of excess deaths around the world that nobody knows the cause of deaths that governments won't even acknowledge, let alone investigate why they're happening. It's curious, isn't it, that during COVID, every single death mattered, but now nobody cares. Many countries locked down millions of people based upon a handful of cases. New Zealand, led by Jacinda Ardern, was famous for it. But now that more people are dying compared with that period, nobody wants to know not a dicky bird from world leaders or politicians despite excess deaths now exceeding the covid period in countries around the world that pushed the jabs anyway back to the propaganda they use to bully and coerce people into rolling up their sleeves June and I will be talking about this today And I'm currently searching for a world um, leading expert in this field to invite on the Freeman Report, because I think educating people about these techniques will help to shield us from their use in future. Um, I think I'm probably going to reach out to Laura Dodsworth. Although it would be good to get somebody on the show who's a historian who can make direct parallels with the Nazi regime. So if you're aware of any experts or podcasters or anything that are an expert in this area, please email me at jamesfreeman at tntradio.live and I'll do my best to get them on the show. At TNT Radio, we never go home. Well, some of us don't anyway. Um, We're committed to bringing you our take on the biggest topics of our time. We broadcast live 24-7 online globally in Technicolor now, not just audio. We're video as well via all of the major streaming platforms and TNT's own platform on Twitter or X um, as well. So we've got you covered right here on TNT Radio. My name is James Freeman. And this is the Freeman Report for TNT Radio.
0: Giving you what you want. I want the facts. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: Good morning, Gemma. How are you doing?
2: I've had a strange day so far, James. I find Wednesday a very difficult day to navigate. And um, you said there that you were listening to the breakfast show where I appear with Lemberg at the top of the hour. And uh, I was doing poetry this morning, I was reading Rudyard Kipling's if uh I'm trying to uh, urge people to keep their head in a world that's going mad and i don't know what came over me i think i sounded more mad than normal but there we go
1: <laughs> yeah well i had a bit of a funny one like i said in my introduction there um i i do listen to um the breakfast show when i'm um, up at that ungodly hour um and um yeah this morning too much to my wife's annoyance i had to screech to the side of the road because i was like they're not talking about the cost benefit analysis um which we still don't have you know we still don't have any kind of official record on all of the damage done whether it's economic social the you know to our kids education their development and everything I think it's a real scandal of of all the scandals which have happened I think that is probably the biggest because they did that to us and then they've just moved on business as usual we just forget about it now um I've just find it incredible
2: we won't get a cost-benefit analysis because it, the the costs no. are staggering. It's not just financial, as you rightly said. We also, in the inquiry, the thing that gets me the most is no one's talked about the PCR test, the manipulation of figures. You know, no one's gone into that. It's just a complete uh, uh, slanging match between everybody involved. But the, those are the real scandals. Along with you know, the inquiry we really need is into excess deaths. You're completely right. But the PCR test was at the core of it. You know, a test that wasn't fit for purpose being used to test for you know, nefarious ends. And uh, that's that, that kicked the whole thing off. Without the PCR test, there would have been none of this. They wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, that's not been mentioned at all. And the, the died with, as, is, as opposed to died from statistics. I mean, COVID was a very caring virus, wasn't he? No matter where, how you died, he was with you. COVID was with you. Fall off a ladder, COVID was with you. Run over by a bus, COVID was with you. You know, that's what we need to be talking about in that inquiry. Oh, you and me should be chairing that inquiry. We'd give them a bloody run for their money, wouldn't we?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, as I said yesterday on on the show, I think the biggest lesson that I think, I mean, look, putting aside the fact that we knew, we know, some of us know anyway, that they did this on purpose. Well, a lot of them did anyway. The ones that were pulling the levers, they knew, I believe, exactly what was going on. But putting that aside, um, you know i think the big lesson for the inquiry should be that government needs to listen to a much wider um selection of, of experts on this um you know i've had martin koldorf i've had um jay Bhattachary, um and of course with um sunetra gupta they wrote the barrington great barrington declaration and i think it's clear um now with hindsight um obviously there was i think a million signatures on that now um, it's clear now with hindsight that if we'd gone down that road, very much the Swedish road, um, we wouldn't have done all of the damage to our economy, um, to our kids' education and lots of other aspects of our society as well. So that's the lesson I think that the government needs to take from this and the politicians that maybe weren't aware that actually there was an agenda behind this. Um, but we're not going to get that, are we? I think it's just go- its just a big distraction um, away from the real questions which should be asked
2: absolutely and, and that leads me quite nicely onto a story or a couple of stories but it's about the same thing that i have spotted where you know if ever there's an example that governments aren't listening to the people it, it's where you are in wales because not only has mark draford um introduced the 20 mile an hour speed limit zones which have got many 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 people up in arms in wales um, it seems his war on the car driver and motorists is is continuing apace, despite fierce opposition now in Wales uh, to this. Uh, and and I I looked at this today and I thought, is this can this possibly be true? But um, the Welsh government commissioned a, a report. Um, uh, they were they commissioned some research by uh, Center for Cities, uh, and the report has um, called for ules style restrictions in Cardiff in in the city, um, saying that. that drivers should be charged three pounds a day for going in which is obviously a lot less than the 12 pounds 50 charge that Sadiq Khan has imposed on drivers with non-compliant cars in London but still three pounds is three pounds so this could be rolled through fairly swiftly in Cardiff in the city but not only that last night in the Senate um it seems that the the Welsh government you know Mark Drakeford at the helm approved powers to um, force motorists to pay levies on motorway on the motorway and a roads if nitrogen dioxide levels don't fall. Um, They voted in powers last night, gave the government access to powers to do this under a clean air law. They said they don't have any plans to use it at the moment, 20 mile an hour speed limits they hope will do this. Um, But if so, they can use these powers on the M4, major A roads. They've already reduced the speed limit there to 50. And also this report that was commissioned um, by the Centre for Cities um, is also saying we need 20 mile an hour zones. Absolutely. They're essential, but not for buses. Buses can go as fast as they like because they need to transport people from A to B quickly. What's the load of cars? And I, I'm looking at this, James, and I'm thinking, why isn't he stopping? Why is, is there more of these measures and more of these measures for motorists in Wales? Because You know there's only you know not more than three million people in wales there's not a huge amount of people but there is a huge amount of landscape and wonderful fresh air you and i when i i was in wales for that freedom event we went hiking in the mountains so why isn't he stopping and i wonder this is with my conspiracy hat on and it is my own opinion nothing more but you know somebody somewhere has got something on drakeford i swear to god and they're just saying right push this through otherwise we'll release the information (laughs) push this through i just think he's just not stopping And again you talk about governments not listening clearly not listening because this isn't going to go down well with the electorate but they seem determined to vote these powers in and do it anyway so that's where we are with driving in wales today
1: yeah well the big picture to this gemma is um they are listening but they're not listening to what people think they're listening to they don't listen to the newspapers they don't listen to social media what they listen to is votes and at the last Welsh elections a couple of years ago, um, only 47% of people came out to vote. Um, the Welsh government as well, about it was literally about a week before the election was called, bribed all healthcare workers, including people working in opticians, but all NHS staff. They gave them all, I think it was around a thousand pounds. Um, they made sure that obviously the unions, um, because it's labor in power here, they make sure all the teachers go out and vote. So that's what politicians listen to. Um, and I know we all say that the political system is broken, but at the end of the day, it is the only thing that we've got. Um, you know, you, we can march, we can protest, we can scream on social media. But if people don't come out and vote, well, they're just going to carry on doing what they're doing. And, you know, you mentioned there the 20 mile an hour speed limit. Well, that was in their manifesto. That was in Labour's manifesto. So All of those people, and there's more people that signed the petition that actually voted for Labour, that says an awful lot, I think, because they're really angry now. But I bet you, I bet you the vast majority of them didn't come out and vote. So, um, you know, in a democracy, if you don't come out and vote, you can't really complain when the government then um, puts forward policies which they told you they were going to put in place.
2: That is a very good point well made, but they're putting in, or they're they're voting in like they did last night, right? We voted in more powers to put more restrictions in on drivers. You know they're they're determined to force the electrics the electorate's hand, because I think this might end up pushing people onto into the ballot boxes. And 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 forcing a change. So I, I just don't understand why, in a country with so few people and those wonderful open spaces, why they're relentless now with this. With this, the, it is really a war on drivers in Wales. It really is. And the thing about the buses, the buses can go as fast as they want, but not the cars. Oh no 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 no! Not the people, individuals in the cars. It doesn't make any sense at all.
1: Well, it doesn't make any sense because a lot of the roads are actually uh, uh, are quite small here so more um, narrow so if you've got all of the rest of the traffic traveling at tw- 20 miles an hour how's the bus going to do 30 miles an hour it makes no sense whatsoever but this is the kind of policies that we get from second-rate politicians in 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 wales um during the covid um, era we had um it was actually wales that went and, and banned what was it they called it they called it um non-essential goods so you go into a supermarket and they had um all of their books the pens the some of the clothes and all this it was all cordoned off and the result of that ironically was that you know we wanted people to space out during covid and suddenly half the supermarket was all cordoned off you couldn't go down certain aisles so actually it created more bottlenecks but this is the calibre of politicians that we've got here in Wales. So listen, if you're angry about what the politicians are doing, you're listening to this from Wales and you didn't vote, well then make sure you promise yourself that next time come out and vote because when only 47% of the population come out and vote, just 10% um, additional people that are disengaged, if they were to come out, we'd get a totally different result. Um, and I think that would be good for Wales because... We've had Labour in power here now since the Parliament was created back in, um, you know, the early um, noughties. So we do need a change here in, in Wales. So I think that's the message that I would like to send to people is get off your ass and get out and vote. Right, Gemma, thank you for that. Um, I hope you have a great rest of the day and I look forward to a, another great story with you tomorrow. To the rest of you, don't go anywhere because after this short break, I'll be joined by the fabulous June Slater. We're going to be talking all about the COVID era. I think it's important to remember what they did to us, uh, how angry we've got. So there'll be a bit of ranting, a bit of angry ranting, and a reminder of all the things that they did to us. And then we'll talk a little bit about this WHO treaty that they want, which they're not calling it a treaty now, um, but they're going to try and push through next year. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned with me, James Freeman for TNT Radio.
0: You should hear what Chris Smith is talking about. Lomborg
1: has long maintained that wealth and an abundance of energy sources are the key elements required to help the world solve threats to our existence, which is why he opposes the obscene amounts of money the United States, the UK, Europe and Australia are
0: spending on climate change, which can only reduce that wealth and make us all
3: weaker. Yes, climate has costs, but so do climate policies. We rarely talk about the fact that as we are making more and more climate policies, that also impacts us negatively. That actually pulls away resources from us. Just to take a look at energy prices here in the UK, energy prices have been coming down for the last two centuries. But now they're starting to go up because of climate
1: policy. But why doesn't the mainstream media's political class ask those correct questions when politicians make humongous spending announcements on, for instance, renewable power? Where are the right questions? Like, what's the cost-benefit analysis of this project minister? They never ask the question. And you know why they don't ask the question? Because the left-leaning mainstream media, they're climate change evangelists as well. They don't want to find holes in such grand and renewable plans because that's not part
0: of the environmental narrative. Chris Smith on today's News Talk Radio,
3: TNT. When you can point me to an industry, to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans, that's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive.
0: To find out more, go to TNTradio.live. We don't rock, rock. we talk. Don't talk. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio.
1: Right, okay, like I said before the break, it is Wednesday, which means the fabulous June Slater um is with us and of course you can all see her today then beautiful white pearly smile um, that she's got there um with a professional microphone <laughs> and her lovely hair hello june how are you doing
4: i'm all right thank you james hope you're well too i'm going straight into it then
1: Yeah, go for it. Um, For this week's monologue, over to you, June.
4: Well, first of all, remember this monologue is about us here and now. It's not about the past. It's not about the war in the Middle East. This is just background to show you what my thinking is. With someone with a dad who served in World War II, I was able to have a lot of first-hand conversations with him about his experience and understand the horrors of war and the tyranny that comes from it. I can say I often wondered how the Nazis, the National Socialist Party of Germany, managed to persuade the whole nation to hate the Jews. Now, bear with me on this. This isn't about the higher echelon or the elite uh, from the Nazi parties. It's not about the people in authority who wanted this to happen. How did they get the whole nation to do it? To hate the Jews. How did they do that? Well, it's easy. They use the same techniques our own governments have used on us during the pandemic. They did this to get you to hate the unvaccinated. It's so persuasive that even those that got vaccinated and were injured were taught to hate them. So this is where it's so dangerous when power is in the wrong hands. And the venom that they spouted from their readily accepted brainwashed minds was unprecedented. I mean, it was matched only by their fake science and claims about efficacy and safety. The medicine was good. The people who didn't have it were bad. Such claims were they deserved to die. They were called murderers and granny killers and stupid. Many said they didn't deserve medical treatment. Some like Edwina Curry even said she wouldn't sit next to them on a train or a bus. And Esther Ransom went even further and suggested that people with any medical condition shouldn't be given medical treatment if they weren't vaccinated. So you can see how highly negative groupthink is dangerous. Unfortunately, people like Esther and Edwina Currier and other trusted voices and familiar faces later down the road have shown themselves, they've shown their inner callousness and their own stupidity for believing in anything that was tested for weeks, not years. You stupid, stupid people, all of you, Piers Morgan, the lot of you, you were stupid. Stupid to believe in something that was tested for weeks could work for millions of people when normally a simple medical or beauty treatment is tested for years. I won't forget. And I don't think you should forget how these people behaved and how they used behavioural science delivered to us by communist advisers to get us to change our thinking. Neighbours were reporting people they'd lived next door to for 10 years for walking the Jack Russell twice because it was only allowed once despite the fact the dog was elderly and needed to go out more often. This is how dangerous power is in the wrong hands. And we're about to give all our powers away through the WHO pandemic treaty.
1: Thank you, June. Yeah. I mean, look, most of us um, studied um, Nazi Germany to some extent when we were at school. We heard about all of that. I never really believed that that would happen again. And it was really shocking During the COVID era, June, to see so many people um, behaving like that. But just going back to the Nazis, I mean, you know, it's not just getting the German population to hate the Jews. I mean, somebody had to ferry them to the trains, train drivers. Someone had to build the tracks to these ghettos, to these camps, the gas chambers people german people had to design and make them um there were all the guards to these camps and um you know my gramps um he was an engineer during the war and he was one of the first um you know who who actually went into those camps and he never ever spoke once about what he saw but we know um it impacted him massively throughout his whole life um it's shocking isn't it that that, that it's not just about hate um that they could convince the German population and they must have known. They must have known. Millions of them must have known.
4: Well, you've got to make allowances. And again, I don't really want to get sidetracked onto the war or the Nazis or the conflict in the Middle East where there's people have their own opinion. What I'm trying to get across here is... Power in the wrong hands is dangerous and you've seen it yourself in our lifetime in the last three years during the pandemic because what happened, we should not have had formerly unemployed people suddenly made COVID wardens who could turn around and tell you to stay in your house, as the woman called Shirley from Burnley turned around and forced to go home just trying to give her kids some fresh air. That's where it's wrong because people enjoy power, especially people who aren't used to it
1: yeah what i was trying to say though june is the power of these techniques propaganda that was what i was trying to get across here because look if ever if the whole population had ignored what the government said three years ago it wouldn't have been able to do anything and that's the point you talk about power but the government's only got so much power unless it's going to send the troops out to with guns but then you know the troops are part of us they're part of the community as well so so the point is it's the propaganda and it's um and i really do think that um teaching people and educating people about this how powerful it can be and how persuasive it can be and the fact that it's real um you know educating people about this could actually undo it can take away the government's power listen june we've got to go quickly to i can see you want to talk there as usual you're chumping at the bit to get going um, but we've got to take a quick break for the news headlines when we come back june we'll talk um all about this because i do want to talk about um how they did that how they othered um, the unvaccinated the techniques they used and how they went about that because it really like i said i was watching in horror like millions um at what they were doing um and the likes of esther ranson and all the others that jumped on the bandwagon so june stay there don't go anywhere <laughs> and stay tuned with us on tnt radio And action, 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 the news tnt radio news matt hoyland here with a look at your tnt headlines Nearly two dozen pro-Palestinian protesters have been arrested and charged in Australia following yet another violent demonstration in Sydney. Two strong earthquakes erupted along the Pacific Ring of Fire around Australia on Wednesday and New York's governor is now splashing millions of dollars on teaching children how to spot misinformation and conspiracy theories online.
0: Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here
1: on today's news talk.
0: TNT Radio.
1: TNT Radio. Right, June. Okay, let's talk about what they actually did then, Um, because, you know, I I worked out quite early on that they, um, you know, they othered, the unvaccinated. And they did that quite early on, um, before most people were kind of even thinking about the vaccines. And I remember those pictures um, you know, of 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 5G terminals with bats and, and the anti-vaxxers. There were stories about these anti-vaxxer people that believed that the the, the vaccine, you know, the, the the virus rather was coming from these 5G terminals. It was being spread by bats. You know, what they, what they did there was they they, they put a label on us, um, anti-vaxxers, and they painted us as absolute crazy people. And once they got that to stick, then they moved on. You know, we're selfish. We don't care about anyone else. Um, we're dangerous. How can
4: anybody... How can anybody paint us as crazy people when we've got a bloke pooping in his nappies running the White House? Let's get <laughs> real who the crazies are, eh? We've got a bloke who can't string a sentence together, supposedly delivered a 2,000-word document. He doesn't know 2,000 words. My new rescue dog no, knows more words than Joe Biden. He's there with a cue card. It's like something I've strictly come dancing. I'd like to welcome President Salonsko. Oh, sorry, Zelensky. I mean, this is in the this thing, whatever it is, is in the White House, allegedly running the free world. Now, I'm not tell you're not telling me that the joysticks for this machine are actually being operated by Obama and the Clinton cabal. So let's get away from the craziness of the anti-vaxxers. Let's just show everybody how sensible. The people who chose to opt out of the rollout really are you lot queued up. You lot couldn't wait to get it because you wanted to travel and the. The media enhanced the story for the government, making you believe that you'd get your arm jabbed on Wednesday and you'd be on a flight to Benidorm on Thursday. Not a sodding chance. And what did they do to the elderly? They got them to queue up first because they're the most obedient generation. And then they sent them a text to shut them down for a further three months despite being vaccinated. So if you want to know who the crazies are, the crazies are the people who can find out from Google that normally a vaccine will be trialled and tested between five and 10 years and we're supposed to believe some goon of a scientist with cross eyes who lives in a laboratory who doesn't get his nose out of a test tube has come up with the elixir cure they haven't managed to cure the common cold ever why would you believe that so i made the choice that my lifestyle suited i'm living an isolated property i don't go to crowds i'm not going to work my nose is um I made the right choice for me because there's always other measures. And and one of the best measures, David and I have done it for 20 years. When I say social distancing, during the wintertime when all our friends have got snot noses, if we're going to a dinner party and somebody's got a cold, we cock off. We don't go. I don't want you cold. And if you come into work for me and you've got a cold, don't come in. Wait till you get three or four days into it and then come in. There's easy ways of avoiding viruses. And if you're infirm and you feel threatened because there's some sort of disease going around, you stay in, you change your lifestyle, don't expect everyone to crush the businesses, uneducate the kids, put them in masks. And this means that society is then running at the pace of the weakest individuals, the weakest mentally and the weakest physically. That's how the country was run. To make, to make allowances for the people that couldn't string the th- thought process together that something isn't right, that didn't bother to look on uh, the Lancet and read documents and read the British Medical Journal. Oh, no, there's a sale on at TK Maxx. We better concentrate on that and eat out to help out. So what we've got to look at is I've never called anyone for getting vaccinated. I still haven't until this moment in time on this show right now. But at the end of the day, you couldn't wait to call us names. You couldn't wait to slag us off when we took the sensible route. We didn't listen to politicians and we didn't listen to people like Edwina Curry because we saw through the bullshit. But, June, this isn't just
1: about that's quite all right there june um this isn't just about winning the argument though because i think the danger with that is is that yes okay people that were fooled by it and maybe even people who jumped on the bandwagon um at the time they now say yeah okay maybe i was wrong but that's not what we want what we want is to educate people on how the government and the fact that you know and um, this wasn't just a, a natural occurrence that loads of people suddenly decided that these anti-vaxxer people were dangerous. It was a PSYOP. Um, it was a PSYOP <laughs> run by the media, run by the government. And I think that's the thing that we need to educate people about so that they can recognize these things. And so that when it happens again, because look, June, I'm really disappointed with a lot of people out there that, um, you know, they watched um, us go from COVID to Ukraine in the space of two weeks. COVID just disappeared. Then we moved on to Ukraine and everybody was split and arguing again. And then everyone went, ah, I see what they've done. They've switched. They've switched and they've split. And you think, okay, well, everyone's kind of learned now. And then, of course, we get Israel, Palestine comes along more recently recently. And the same thing has happened again. And I, I have to say, I'm quite disappointed with a lot of the people that I stood alongside um, over the last three years for getting sucked into this again and just ending up arguing with each other.
4: Yeah, I th- I'm quite surprised how easily they've been distracted, but you've got to remember that Twitter and Facebook aren't real places. The social media, most people live outside Twitter and Facebook. Most people I know, if I booked into them in the co-op, couldn't give a monkey's what's going on in the Middle East. They're not in a town where they're having demonstrations. They're not watching people infiltrate the demonstrations that are supposed to be for Palestine, seem to have a knack of growing Islam. Um, They're not taking any notice of it. They're just getting on with the life. And maybe that's the right thing to do. Maybe the right thing to do is to get on with your life and ignore it. Be aware of it because I can tell you now, I've put stuff on Facebook that was getting like, 30 likes, that's nothing compared to my following. And now I'm putting stuff on about the dangers of the vaccine, the myocarditis, the periocarditis, all the inflammation that people have got, the brain tumours, the sudden cancers. It's back to 1.3, 2,000 people liking it. That's a nation that's waking up. That's people who normally shied away from what I was saying because they believe the government... Every family that gets injured has work colleagues, neighbours, friends and distant relatives that see what's happening to their families. You cannot stifle this forever because more and more people are waking up because it's happening to them. How many people are dying? How many brain tumours? 15 people on my friends list with brain tumours. I've been on Facebook 10 years. I've never had one person with a brain tumour. So people are waking up to this, but they're not necessarily saying it on social media. So I I think let's not misjudge the public. As I've said before, we've all got our own problems. People are coming up to mortgage renewals. People are worried about their energy bills. People are worried about the kids' education. We've all got different problems, so we don't come together, or it seems like we don't come together. But really, deep down, I, I think if they tried something like this again, I think the uptake... The booster uptake proves it, 3% compared to 80% originally. And I think a lot less people got vaccinated because I know for a fact lots of celebrities and people you see on your telly got fake, fake passports, whatever you want to call it, for the vaccine. They didn't take it. They just didn't want to lose their jobs by admitting it.
1: You're right, June, in the sense that I think um, a lot of people have woken up. I'd like to see the government try and lock us down again or come up with a new virus, which um, you know has got a survival rate of way, way um, more than um, 99.8%. I think it was 99.8 something percent was the survival rate. So very few people die. I, I don't think people would fall for that again. But um, I do think they would fall for the climate change argument or or whatever other narrative that comes along i mean you can see just all the, by the number of flags it, ukraine flags but, that were out it, so
4: it's not that they would fall for it It's that the media give them the lion's share of the publicity. The media give the publicity to to the ones that believe it, which gives you the false impression that more people believe it. It's not the case. Just like the media gave you the impression in 2019 in the election that it was neck and neck. It wasn't. Labour were trailing. I knew it from my message box. That's the best survey in the world, real people telling you real details. Now, if the media put it out, they put a slant on it, It looks a different picture. It looks like everyone's queuing up for a vaccine. It looks like everyone's supporting Palestine. It looks different depending on how the media decide to put it across.
1: I mean, you're right there. I mean, when I was at the Office for National Statistics, we actually had a um, a lecture by the Nudge Unit. They came down from London to tell us all the things they were doing. And at the time, one of the tricks they use is they write to people on tax returns, for example, And what they, what at the end of the letter, um, they say, and they do a controlled experiment. They send so many letters out that don't have this bit. And then so many letters, which do, um, so it's like a control group experiment. And, um, the, the control group they get at the end of theirs, they say something along the lines of 90% of people in your area return their tax returns on time. Um, and they use those little nudges and it does work. The statistics shows that it does work and what i'm saying june is that you know i think we need to educate people the power of these techniques that they use because i just think the general public a lot of them think that they are in control of what they think um they don't realize they're being manipulated that's what we need to wake people up to not necessarily that the vaccines are bad or lockdowns are bad we need to educate them and make them aware of these techniques so they don't fall for them every single time Right, June, we're going to take another break, um, but don't go anywhere because well, there's more ranting to do yet today. Um, so don't go anywhere. Stay tuned with June Slater and James Freeman. That's me on TNT Radio. The
3: climate agenda is a national security risk. Where do you hear this? From
0: Washington, D.C., this is the Morano Minute with your host, TNT Radio's Mark
3: Morano. The climate and energy policies of California are threatening the security of residents. California has increased crude oil imports from foreign countries from 5% just 25 years ago to more than 75% today. According to Heartland analyst Ronald Stein, California is the only state in the United States that imports most of its crude oil feedstock to state refineries from foreign countries. California needs this oil for nine international airports and 41 military airports, as well as shipping ports up and down the coast. Meanwhile, Asia has 88 new oil refineries manufacturing fuel for California's airports and shipping terminals. It's time we recognize that the climate agenda is a national security threat. This is Mark Morano for the Morano Minute on TNT Radio. love about riding.
0: It's the thrill, the excitement. Riding gives me a sense of
1: freedom. I feel so connected to the road. Riding is like therapy to me. It makes me feel alive. Love riding? Back off.
0: The conversation continues with james freeman on today's news talk
1: tnt radio now the other thing that we need to be telling people is not to trust the politicians um, i'm surprised people <laughs> haven't learned that lesson already um you know for example nadine dorries um and the prime minister actually um were guilty of spreading false information during the covid period i actually um uh, caught out Nadine dorries she was secretary of state at the time for dcms um, and she was um, going on the TV and writing in newspapers that 90% of all the people in hospitals up and down the country um, were unvaccinated. Um, myself and Jamie um, Jenkins, who was head, former head of health analysis, at the Office for National Statistics, quickly realised it was absolute load of rubbish. Um, we dug up the statistics. I wrote to the, the UK Statistics Authority and they actually gave her a telling off. Um, uh, they wrote to her an official letter telling her off about this. But this is the kind of thing that governments got up to um, over the past three years. They've just lied. And she knew she was lying. I mean, we were telling her daily, writing emails to her team, um, calling her out on social media. So she knew um, the real data. But it's extraordinary, isn't it? Because people still believe what the politicians say.
4: Well, why are we singling Nadine out? They were all a bunch of liars. They didn't know anything was going to work. It was all based on guesswork from a goon that's a Blairite called Professor Ferguson, who deemed the disease so utterly deadly that he was managing to still go out and see to his girlfriend, going out banging his girlfriend and then coming home to his wife and two kids. So, yeah, what a deathly disease that must have been. I woke up then, I thought, whoa, just a minute. Um, I won't be banging any pots and pans um, for the national health who shut the hospitals down. This is what you've got to look at where we've been had. Forget Nadine Doris. She's small, a small fish in a non-existent pond now trying to make money out of a basically near enough, a kiss and tell. She's doing an Edwina curry. Nobody wants to know. Love. We don't care what you got up to. Um, at the end of the day, what you've got to look at is these people will lie about anything. <laughs> They're not trustworthy. Right honourable. Is there really anybody in there? Please email me. um, Tell me on my thread. Is there anybody in there that's actually honourable? I'm not so sure. It's like a den of debauchery on a Friday night when they're all messing around with each other under the influence of alcohol and other substances. So I have no respect for them at all
1: yeah i mean i would break them down into different groups um in parliament i'd say that you've got the switched on ones the ones that are on the inside the ones that went to the right schools all of those people are there you know they've got financial interests in and all the stuff that's been going on but there's far too and i know we talk about this a lot but there are far too many career politicians in in westminster that haven't got a clue they just literally parrot um what what their leaders are saying i mean during the Brexit campaign, I remember we had a Brexit minister who hadn't even read um, the fisheries um, policy that they were putting forward for Brexit. She admitted as such. So I personally think we've got probably, I don't know, 70 70- 70 to 80 percent just a guess off the top of my head of politicians there which literally just do whatever they're told to do um they just get in line and they're just thinking about their career they're thinking about a ministerial job or whatever it is about getting re-elected rather than actually doing what they're paid to do um which is represent us and scrutinize and hold the government to account it really is shocking really um the the, 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 the utter state, that's the only way I can put it, that our democracy well, is in.
4: Well, you're waffling a bit now, James, because you're saying the same point again. Let's face facts. The woman that couldn't re- I didn't read the fishing document was the fishing minister. She had the audacity to come on and say on social media, on a Twitter page, with some godforsaken hairdo she's had for 30 years, and turn around and say she didn't have time to read the fishing section of the withdrawal agreement because she was busy with the nativity locally. Uh, Hang on a minute. Don't we have a list of priorities, like your kid's nativity play, put it to the Back. This is a once-in-a-lifetime decision. Read the frigging document, love. That's what you paid for. Rory Stewart's already told us in a video that MPs and politicians do not read documents. They do not read them. I seriously doubt they even understand them. So when I get an email back from my MP or other MPs that I'm lobbying all the damn time telling me not to worry my little head about it, you know, the WHO pandemic treaty is absolutely perfectly safe, then all you're telling me is you're either numb or you didn't read it because anybody can come out with a statement that that's safe. It's like saying, yes, this hand grenade is perfectly safe with the pin on, but take the pin off and you've got chaos. Now, as far as I'm concerned, the WHO pandemic treaty is the hand grenade and it's in the wrong hands because all the politicians that are handling us right now are indeed the wrong hands. There's only one man I did a video on it yesterday. Thank God it's had 100,000 views about Andrew Bridgen. Andrew Bridgen is popular. People listen to him for one reason. He's listening to us. That's the difference. The rest of them are not. The rest of them are shoveling at the trough, getting as much in as they can because it's a lucrative earner for some of them who couldn't earn a proper living out in the real world. Nobody would employ them because they're not up to the job. They're not reading documents properly. You speak to Ben Habib about the withdrawal agreement. He'd read the withdrawal agreement. He'd read it through three times before half these goons had even touched it. And for a a minister of fishing, she was a minister to openly admit she was busy with the nativity for something that has took us 10 years to get, it's taken us 10 years to leave and she didn't even bother to read it. That's the calibre of people we've got. Look at the police, look at the state of the Met Police, look at the state of our institutions. People say they know about politics because they've learnt it at university. The best way to learn about politics is to watch what's going on around you and speak to people directly involved, like my dad during the war, not learn it from a textbook from some left-leaning university that you've been taught something, that you, you haven't got the capacity to understand, you've been indoctrinated, not educated.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, the WHO, the WHO pandemic treaty, they're not calling it a treaty anymore, are they? Because I think... Um, they realize if they call it a treaty, it kind of gets pricks people's ears up um and people sit up and listen. So they're calling it an accord. Um, and of course, you know, the international health regulations, the changes they're proposing to make to that. Well, that doesn't even need to be signed off by MPs. Um, I do wonder um how much of a fight we're gonna have on this um next year, June. I think there is a lot of people out there who do see what you're saying, and they do realize the importance of this. So I think 2024 is gonna be a really, really important year because we do need to be out on the streets. We do need to be writing to MPs and we do need to start doing something because like you said, once that's signed, that's it. Um, once they call an the next pandemic, it won't be our politicians we can complain about. It won't be them that are hauled up in this COVID inquiry. It'll be unelected, faceless bureaucrats um, that are protected by, you know, diplomatic immunity that are making decisions about locking us down or vaccine mandates, for example.
4: Well, it's not going to be like that, is it? It's going to be we're going to we're giving our sovereignty away. The pandemic treaty controls agriculture, it controls livestock, it controls our health, it controls education because they have the right to turn around and say, what is and what is not a pandemic and when it happens and even do it for climate change reasons. Now, common sense would tell me this is a big planet and what's going on in, say, sub-Saharan Africa is going to be completely different to what's going on in Accrington. So why do we all have to behave the same? Why does some set of bureaucrats have the power to turn around and say, yeah, we'll lock them down in Great Britain and you can't go to see your grandma in a nursing home and no, you can't go to work this week put a mask on your kids, it's all going to fire up again for other reasons because they've never relinquished the control. Instead of easing off with it, they're handing it all over to someone else. So it's a ticking time bomb. And the saddest thing of all, the WHO spent more money in 2019 on international travel than they did on trying to combat killer diseases. So that tells you where their bread's buttered. And unfortunately, the people in charge at the WHO – Um, they're bureaucratic, they're not voted in, they're placed in their positions and you'll have nowhere to complain to. And no matter how much you don't like it, your own politicians won't be able to do anything about it because no one's got the guts to stand up for this country.
1: I mean, the other thing people should know as well, and obviously those in the know already know, but there's an awful lot of people who don't know, that actually the the WHO is two-thirds funded by NGOs and and other organizations, Bill and and Melinda Gates Foundation, Gavi, um, all these organizations. And when you look about who's actually funding them, well, these people that fund these organizations have direct interests in the very things that they're recommending. So the vaccines, for example, you know, Bill Gates, um, I think that's very well known now that has interest in the vaccines. So two-thirds of the funding for the WHO comes from these companies. And you can't say that they don't have any influence um, on the WHO. So why should we have our health dictated to us, health policies dictated to us, by people that clearly have financial interests? We've got this problem already in this country with our own politicians, but at least at the moment we can vote them out. If we hand this over to the WHO, that's it, It's, it's, it's it's like the EU all over again and um, faceless well, bureaucrats making laws for this country that we don't have any influence over
4: well it's worse than that i think because at the end of the day uh when you contact politicians about this who pandemic treaty they have the audacity to write back and tell you it's nothing to worry about and not to worry because we can easily get out of it if we want Uh, If you're having to use the fact it's easy to get out of as a selling story, you haven't got a selling story because you should be just wanting to be in. Nobody really wants to be in if they fully understood it.
1: Yeah. June, sadly, we've run out of time once again, but it's lovely to see you um, in full colour with your beautiful smile um, (laughs) and your lovely picture behind you. So ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous June Slater. Thank you very much, June. And to the rest of you, don't go anywhere stick with us right here on tnt radio